Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome back to Overnight America. Going on now is the St. Louis International Film Festival. And it goes for the next couple of weekends. And for this hour, we're going to be talking to the director of a documentary called The Reunited States. And joining us is that director, Ben Recky. Thank you for coming on to KMOX. Thanks so much for having me, Ryan. Interesting time. So I'm wondering when you started to put this documentary together, what uh, was the general production time? It was about two years ago. Uh, it was about a year after the events in Charlottesville. Um, I had seen the woman, uh, Susan Bro, who lost her daughter at the events in Charlottesville, give a speech. And uh, I was so moved and struck by the fact that she had lost her daughter on the front lines of division in this country and was able to come out the other side with uh, the need to talk about healing and working through our differences to avoid further violence. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I think so many of us have been emotional over the past four years and we sometimes let our emotions get the best of us. And here was someone uh, who'd suffered this huge tragedy and came out with a voice of reason. And so I went up to her and I asked her, I said, I don't know how or why, but I, I believe you need to be heard and I'd love to be a part of helping tell your story. And she graciously accepted and made sure that the film wasn't just going to be about her and her grief and was going to be about, you know, a bunch of other people on the journey to bridge our divides. And that's how the film started. Wow. And when you start to go through this journey, you started a few years back. I'm sure there's a lot of different uh, emotions to pull from over the last, oh, some years. And even leading into today, I'm curious where the production left off and how you left the documentary uh, without knowing the future, without knowing, I guess, the uncertainty of what would be happening next. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, you know, uh, for better or for worse, the the themes in the documentary have only become more relevant and more present. Um, And so I guess that's just a sign of the times that we're in, especially with the pandemic um, isolating us further and fueling our tensions even more. We finished filming uh, earlier this year, actually before the pandemic started, and we had been editing, you know, while the pandemic hit. And it was really uh, back in March when we went into lockdown that we had some epiphanies about, you know, how best to tell the story that would speak to people in these times. I mean, it's a very trying and testing time for this country. You know, we're going through not only a public health crisis, but the economy is in free fall and there's been political chaos and, and social injustice and racial unrest. And it's a lot. It's a lot of stresses on top of each other. I think we all need to cut ourselves some slack. And so we, I guess to answer your question, uh, we pivoted and, and made the film more uh, character driven and emotional to kind of capture 
the experience that people are going through. And we never could have predicted the groundless shift beneath our feet with, you know, the kind of uh, unrest that we saw after George Floyd this summer. But the film speaks to a lot of issues about not only political divisions, but racial divisions, um, but in a very sensitive way and, and not trying to um, browbeat or shame anyone, but really say that, hey, we're all on this journey of discovery and we need to be uh, compassionate to those who are you know, still awakening to some of the, the issues that we face. You know, I'm looking at the book called The Reunited States of America in author Mark Gerzon. So how does this book play into your documentary? And so it's a kind of a funny story. It, it ended up inspiring the film, but sort of an indirect way. I had uh, on my own come up with this title, The Reunited States, and was sort of like, this is too clever. I think someone's already used this. And, and I Googled it, <laughs> and it led me to the book that was not only with the same name, but on the same topic. And Mark Gerzon, you know, has been studying these issues of polarization for 30 years. And so I called him up and I went to meet him and, you know, he just had so many insights. And, and one of the biggest ones was that these divisions are not happening to us. They're happening within each of us. And we, we need to look sort of inside rather than outside of where we're responsible for fomenting division and, and fueling divides just on how we talk and think and act towards the other side. Um, and that was a radically different shift and to put things into perspective of how to tell this story. Uh, and he at one point asked me during the meeting, you know, how did you find me, by the way? And I was like, well, there, there was a Google search and a title and he sort of shook his head and he's like, well, it's meant to be my friend. Let's do this. <laughs> so when you try to come to some of your own personal conclusions, maybe we can talk about that over the course of the interview. But yeah, we, as a country, we have gone through a lot of weird things. And there was a recent article by Mitch Album in Detroit. Um, I should get the title of it, and I meant to do that the other day, but he basically said, you know, trying to talk about changing Republicans or Democrats is the wrong way to look at it. It's about changing ourselves. We have to we have to figure out the, the, the way to end this in ourselves, and that will be the way that we cure this sort of thing. And I'm curious, during the course of your filming, talking to certain people, what are some of the different conclusions that they came to before I find out what your conclusion is? I'm just curious, what the people that you spoke to, what were some of the things that they started to recognize was going on and some of the things that they've summarized about America today? Yeah, I, I mean, it's such a great question. We we followed, you know, multiple stories uh, of characters from the left, right and center that are all going through this journey of bridging our divides. And, and look, it's not easy work. I mean, I think there's a perception of, hey, let's just all get along and sing Kumbaya. And it's it's the opposite. It's it's very challenging to look within and see where our own blind spots are. And, you know, there's sort of this old adage in, in, in family counseling that you can't change other people, you can only change yourself. And I guess that's one of the underlying themes that the characters discover is, uh, look, it's not our goal to change someone's mind. I think most of the time we go into these conversations, we're trying to debate and bring someone around closer to our point of view where actually unity doesn't necessarily mean agreement. Unity means oftentimes agreeing to disagree, but just engaging in a respectful way. And so I would say one of the biggest takeaways uh, we've learned is uh, that you should go into a conversation not with the goal of changing someone's mind, but in the goal of understanding 
how they arrived at their points of view. And usually that's where you end up finding more common ground is through the human experience. Um, we all, you know, have the same fears and, and angers and joys. And it's the stuff that's built on top of it or how we solve the problems is where we disagree. Um, so that yeah. was a huge kind of breakthrough, too. Yeah, it's interesting. I think everyone's looking for fights all the time. And it reminds me of, you know, it's funny that you mentioned singing the songs of Kumbaya and things like that. There was that moment in The Simpsons. I don't know if you're a Simpsons fan or not. but Of course. Um, great moment where Mo is trying to coach Homer to become a boxer and he moves up the ranks because Homer's got this ability to take a punch and it doesn't hurt him. So he basically wears down his opponent. So eventually he gets it all the way to the top and the Mike Tyson boxer character, Frederick Tatum or something like that. Um, finally, they, they book a, a fight and they get Homer in there and he comes out, walk into the ring and you have the, the big Mike Tyson style boxer that's going and it's the hardcore music I'm going to beat you up type of stuff then Homer walks out and his walkout theme is why can't we be friends and <laughs> <laughs> and I thought wow I, I feel like we maybe the wrong way to look at it but we sometimes go into a fight and sometimes some people come in and they're, they're ready and they're preparing themselves for the fight and the other time it's just someone wants to be friends and maybe that's maybe part of the problem we're, we're going into the fight with the wrong thing in our head and if we can kind of adjust or shift those things then maybe we could be more productive well leave it to homer simpson to show us how to heal our divides i love that i uh i agree i think that like the the whole framework is part of part of the problem and that's something that you know we all have uh, a hand in um, ultimately, it's not our job to change someone's mind or bring them around to our point of view. I think, you know, whether we're from the left or the right, oftentimes we go into conversation, you know, trying to argue our point of view to the values that speak to us. Um, just a sort of side note, like one of the people that was an advisor on the film is a professor at Stanford called Rob Willer, and he developed this idea of moral reframing. And it basically says, you know, there are morals that conservatives have and that liberals have. And they've done a lot of research on this, like which ones speak to different groups and even the languaging that you use. Uh, you know, empathy and care and fairness are values and morals that uh, liberals embrace more deeply, whereas, you know, uh, patriotism, loyalty to groups and uh, sanctity of purity things uh, inherently resonate more with conservatives. And so when you're trying to talk to someone, say, about gay marriage, when a liberal tries to explain it to a conservative, they start using like, but it's the fair thing to do to treat us all equal. And those are values that might not directly like, resonate with, with a conservative. Whereas if you, if you were to say, you know, it's the patriotic thing to do, like they they're serve in the military, they pay taxes, and, you know, they're, we should have a loyalty to them like they do to us. All of a sudden, you've triggered heartstrings in someone you're talking to that you never would have moved the needle on before. And so these are, you know, conversation skills that not many of us have. And I think it's important that we start actively trying to cultivate them if we're going to move past where we are. In a lot of ways, that's what Martin Luther King Jr. did when it came to race and trying to change people's opinions. Um, and he approached it that way when he talked about it. So that's kind of a fascinating uh, look into it. Do you mind holding on after the break? I'd love to keep talking about this. Of course. Sure, that'd be great. Yeah, director Ben Recchi is joining us, and he's got a documentary called The Reunited States, which is part of the St. Louis International Film Festival going on now. Since everything's virtual, you can actually watch it from your living room. And if this sounds like something that interests you, go to the uh, St. Louis International Film Festival website, and you can find out ways to stream that at your house. The Reunited States, coming up on Overnight America KMOX.
Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. He's the director of a documentary streaming now as part of the 29th St. Louis International Film Festival. It's through the 22nd of this month. You can stream it from your house from cinemastlouis.org as part of that film festival. And director Ben Recchi joins us in his documentary, The Reunited States. Thanks for spending the hour with us, Ben. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Ryan. Looking forward to it. Well, when you started to to research doing this, did you have any sort of preconceived ideas of where you thought the documentary would go and did that ever change maybe or did you just go into it open-minded not knowing where it was going to go and then just let it go wherever it went uh it's it's a really good question i i i think yes we did have uh hopes and ideas of what it should be and and yes that changed dramatically (laughs) through the course of making it um i guess the biggest change is that you know we had viewed uh, polarization uh, more psychologically and sort of, you know, started the film with a bunch of different experts and the not only the psychology, but the philosophy of it, the history of it, um, and, and also filmed a couple people on the journey of bridging our divides as they were out in the world on their feet, working through these conversations. And when we started to, you know, edit it and look at the film, we realized that, you know, the only way to change minds is to move people's hearts. And this had to be entertaining, first and foremost. This can't be a lecture uh, where people just tune out. And so we pivoted rather recently, um, earlier this year, to cutting out all of the academic stuff and focusing on the characters and the emotions and really give you uh, the viewer an experience of what it's like to be out there trying to work through these divisions and how painful it can be and how scary it can be. Um, And so we're really excited that that's the direction that ended up going in because uh, like I said, it's, it's a much more moving experience and only through feeling do you actually see a call to action. Um, And so that was probably the biggest change. You know, when you talk about changing people's hearts, moving people's hearts, things like that, I'm wondering when you come across someone that looks at the world a certain way and has a viewpoint, let it be, you know, liberal or conservative or things like that, is the goal always to try to get them to look at the other person's side? Is that how you move a heart or is it more than that? Is it trying to convince them that they're wrong and that uh, whatever they do believe in has to match what you believe in? So I think the goal should not be to change someone's mind, but rather to change the way in which we have conversations. And so it's not moving someone towards a policy position or proving them wrong, or often what we're guilty of is saying, you don't know the facts and I know the facts, or my facts are better than your facts. And what it, really what it comes down to is, you know, the way people feel and, and they're following their intuition and their gut. And so a lot of times, you know, by saying, I know more than you, you're actually putting someone down. And of course, they're going to dig their feet in and shut down and not want to hear what you have to say. And so I think it, it is it is looking at the format of how we speak, not necessarily what we're speaking about um, that has become important. You know, one of the one of the main storylines in the film is a Republican family from Texas, the Levertons, and uh, their story is just truly remarkable. 
David Leverton uh, used to work in Republican politics, um, you know, was working for different political campaigns and, you know, as, as an operative would be out there trying to foment division and fear of the other side and, and win elections. And uh, he sort of had a change of heart um, when his first daughter was born with Down syndrome. And it just completely turned his and his wife, Aaron's world upside down. And they started to realize, you know, what's really important and also, you know, what it's like to uh, have people judge them and look at their daughter and see only what they see on the surface. And it, they, in essence, you know, became a minority in the disability community. And cut to several years later, um, when 2016 uh, elections started happening and there was a lot of violence breaking out, David felt this tremendous guilt that he'd been part of this machinery that had led to these divisions that were on full display and was really tormented by this. And his wife turned to him and said, look, if we didn't have a mortgage and we didn't have kids, what would you really want to do with your life? And without thinking, he said, I'd want to bring unity back to this country. And so they kind of discussed it and walked it out and, and came up with this crazy idea to sell their house, buy an RV and travel to all 50 states to find out what's truly dividing us. And it's this story of this evangelical family that, that goes into black communities and native reservations and border towns and really realizes that the experience of their America is very different for the experience of other Americans they encounter. And it's this incredibly cathartic story of, you know, they go into these encounters and, and say, listen, we really want to hear your story and, and what you're, where you're coming from. And, you know, the person on the other side will be like, do you really want to hear? Because it's pretty harsh. And they'll proceed to tell them this heartbreaking story of, of some experiences they've been through. And, you know, the Levertons will just take it in and cry and hug them and be like, we had no idea. And so it really is getting outside of our bubble and our comfort zone is a big part of this. We live, you know, think and act like people all around us. We, we're, we're in these segregated communities where everyone we talk to is looks and acts like us. And that's part of the problem is not being, you know, understanding that there are hundreds of different versions of America that people live in based on your gender, your race, your religion. Uh, your experience of the world is completely different. And to think that we all are experiencing the same set of, you know, uh, realities is part of the problem. We have to be a little bit more understanding that, you know, our experiences are unique. Mm. The reunited states. And did you conduct these interviews or did you have a crew or people that were working with you? You know, it was it was uh, four different stories over two years in 23 states. And so. We had uh, teams of people all over the country, like racing around, catching up with uh, our characters. And so, you know, part of the reason it's the reunited states is that, you know, we covered so much ground. We went to half the country to, to tell these stories from, you know, pockets of the country that you don't normally see all the time, native reservations and, and uh, you know, border towns. And so uh, there were probably 15 different cameramen, you know, uh, a slew of editors, you know, there was... Uh, a, a massive crew that we that we put together for this um but these stories were unfolding before our eyes like there's some interviews but the thing that i think makes it entertaining is that most of the time you're out in the world a fly on the wall watching these heartbreaking you know scenes and 
you may not be able to have that opportunity to hop in an RV and, you know, quit your job. And But through cinema, you can have the experience of being on the front row to the human condition and experience and walking in someone else's shoes. I think cinema is one of the most powerful empathy machines that we have. Um, you know, it allows you to travel across space and time and feel what it's like to, to be someone else. And so our hope is that, you know, media has been part of the problem and it's been used to divide us, but I firmly believe it can be part of what brings us back together as well. Um, so there's a role for storytelling in all this. Yeah, I always wonder when there's different documentaries and things, when you're talking about people's very personal stories and there's moments where the people you're interviewing start crying and you see sometimes in these documentaries, the person that's interviewing them have a stone face. And I thought, oh, can that happen? You know, I, I wonder, mm-hmm. as uh, as a director, as someone that is involved in documentaries, if 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 that's the code, as in you have to keep professional, or do you find yourself sometimes so moved by these stories that you you become engaged in them, and as someone that's interviewing them, you find yourself also getting emotional? Is that allowed in documentaries, or is that discouraged? Absolutely, I I don't know if it's allowed or not, but it, it definitely it definitely happened multiple times on this film. Um, I mean, for those that have seen the movie or that those that haven't, it's a very emotional film. Like it's hard to go through watching this film and you know keeping a dry eye. And and so, you know, just a warning that it's it, you will be moved when you watch this, and in probably ways that you might not expect. Um, there was one scene in particular that comes to mind when you brought up that question. Um, we you know, traveled with the Levitons, with Aaron Leverton, uh, over the border into Tijuana. And, you know, she had, had, had this, uh, heard about this caravan that was coming up from Central America. I guess this was probably about a year, year and a half ago. Um, that was all over the news. And, you know, that our, that our entry points were being overrun with people trying to seek asylum. And she was like, I want to go down there and see what's happening for myself because I have a feeling that the media and the political forces are spinning this to their advantage or to a narrative that they want to create. But I want to see what's happening with my own eyes. And so we went with the camera crew and and followed her as she spoke to uh, different uh, people seeking asylum at the border with a translator. And this one woman told the most heartbreaking story that, uh, you know, both of her sons were shot 20 times by a cartel for not being able to pay rent on their gang territory. And she was fleeing up here. She had walked 1,200 miles, you know, with no husband. Her husband was missing. Her two sons had been murdered. And she was crying, telling us a story. And she's like, I just want to feel safe. Like, I've been through a lot. And I, there are people out there that are looking for me. And I need to go somewhere I feel safe. And I just lost it. I just lost yeah. it when I was listening to her. Um, and so luckily I was far enough away and I was off camera and all that. But you also know when that happens that this is going to have a similar effect on the audience. And and so, again, that sort of idea that you can be a fly on the wall and interact with people that you might not have access to is a way that, you know, outside of the news where there's, you know, a commentator and editing and kind of crafting the story we just let the stories unfold in real time. And I think that's a very different way to, to see each other uh, unedited. Yeah. Well, do you mind holding on after the break? We can keep talking about your documentary. Sure. That'd be great. So director Ben Recky joins us in the documentary is called The Reunited States. And you can find it as part of the St. Louis International Film Festival going on now through 
the 22nd. So you got a few more weeks. CinemaStLouis.org. If you want to find a way to stream that in your own home, watch it. I think you'll enjoy it. The reunited states. We'll continue our conversation next on KMOX. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Overnight America, thanks for joining us here. And thank you for giving us a listen or maybe download on the podcast at the Overnight America podcast. Thank you for that. Director Ben Recchi joins us. He is documentary as part of the St. Louis International Film Festival going on now. You can actually view it in your own home because everything's socially distanced anymore. They make it digital. His documentary is called The Reunited States. Ben, again, thank you for coming on tonight. Thanks so much for having me, Ryan. Yeah, I'm curious your background. Uh, Where did you grow up? I grew up in Northern California outside of San Francisco, and uh, my dad is an immigrant from India, and my mom is East Coast American, sort of blonde hair, blue eyed from Connecticut. And so I grew up, you know, biracial, going to temple one weekend and church the next. And so I think that bridging divides was something that was part of me to begin with from the very beginning. Uh, understanding two different worldviews and holding them at the same time. And mm-hmm. it didn't occur to me until much later that that would, you know, be the case or be useful in the, in telling a story like this. Um, but, yeah, went to uh, have traveled, lived in India for a while, went to school in New York, wow. uh, lived in Mississippi for a while. So kind of been wow, okay. uh, able to be in different so, places. Yeah. Yeah. So you've seen some different states. I'm wondering if there are some new states or places that you travel to for the first time as you were uh, doing this documentary. So many, so many. Um, Wisconsin, uh, Kansas, Ohio, uh, New Mexico, mm, Texas, I've got to explore a bit more of. Um, so, yeah, it, Michigan, it was it's been a really uh, remarkable experience just to get to discover more of the country and making this film. And I think that's, you know, <laughs> part of maybe one of the the things that's come out of the COVID era is that, you know, people aren't able to fly, but they're able to take more road trips and actually explore more in our own backyard, uh, which I think is probably going to prove to be a good thing in in the long run. Um, But yeah, it's been an extraordinary journey. uh, So people um, people. pretty friendly to you in the places that you visit? You know, I think uh, it took me a moment to understand that, you know, People look at an independent filmmaker as inherently maybe left-leaning and, you know, maybe suspicious of what I'm going to use this for or what my agenda is. And so there is a there is a degree of trust building that takes place. Um, you know, I mentioned the Republican family that, that we worked with for the film. Uh, it took a little while to, to build mutual trust with each other just to understand that, look, media is a pretty powerful tool and it can be shaped, you know, to uh, turn people against each other or to paint people in a certain light. And so there is a a huge degree of trust that needs to be built. Um, And for me, I guess that starts with curiosity and pure intentions. Like I'm coming into these uh, situations and, you know, before we start rolling the camera, we have a long conversation about what we're doing and why the story is important um, I would say another great example, Susan Bro, the, the woman from Charlottesville, when I approached her, she was very cordial and said, you know, here's my number, call me. And when I followed up, 
she put me on the spot and she was like, look, what are your intentions? What are you doing this documentary for? And I had to speak from the heart. And I, and I basically told her that I think, you know, you're a voice of reason in a time where there's a vacuum of them and that your wisdom that you've acquired through this horrible trauma is something that can help other people heal. And, you know, I really want your story to be a roadmap for other people um, because you're on the other side of, of this pain. And, and, you know, truth be told, she was like, look, you know, people from the far right have death threats against me and think that I'm a crisis actress. And people from the far left think that I'm taking up too much oxygen on the race conversation as a white woman. So I'm getting it from both sides. I, I just, you know, she did background checks on me and all of that. So <laughs> it, it was not easy to, to, to get people on board. But I, but I think when you're coming, you know, speaking from the heart and are coming from a place of wanting to help others, um, people can pick up on that and read that. And so we were able to get some interviews and some conversations uh, that were very open that I'm not sure they would have spoken to maybe other news organizations with the same level of trust. Yeah, and it's it's weird even in things like this conversations between you know a radio personality and someone that uh, is a director of a documentary. It seems like mm-hmm. sometimes I'll try to book someone for the show and they'll be suspicious. You know, why would you want to try to book me for a show or something like that? And then the mm-hmm. other times are just more than happy to talk to anyone. So so many people have their guard up. Um, you know, even if I if someone were to approach me and say we want you to be part of this documentary, my guard would automatically be put up because I think to myself, all right, are, are they going to try to make this? and to make me look foolish or silly like it's some sort of mockumentary or whatever you know someone going to show up in a disguise and you know it's uh, that's the kind Borat. of media yeah like a Borat or something because that's the type of thing that people are you know making for entertainment anymore so you just don't know if the person is coming at it in a genuine way or if it's more or less meant to be you're, you're meant to be the entertainment as opposed to someone that's telling a story and it's like that for pretty much every medium I think if you write or direct or you know star in or if you're just a figure or even a background person anymore people need to be you know they have their guard up so it's got to be hard to cut through that in a lot of ways and try to uh, build that trust level up yeah it can be i think that uh and especially you know even when you're filming very sensitive situations where you know people are revealing very vulnerable secrets or truths about their lives and you feel this incredible responsibility um, of, of how you carry that and portray that. And, you know, there were definitely times where uh, I think we made some decisions in the edit that were bold and that people, you know, were like, Oh, I didn't know you were going to have me say that. And and then I would explain like, Hey, this is why we did it and why I think it's going to help people. Like I don't ever want the work that we're doing in media to harm anyone. I don't want it to inflict trauma on anyone. Like I want to use media to help heal and inspire and give people hope. And if that means revealing a, a deep truth about who we were or how we've changed, that's inspirational to me. And, you know, I think the other aspect to this is that uh, people told me from the beginning, uh, look, conflict sells. How are you going to do a film about people healing divides? That's not dramatic. To which I said, I think you're wrong. I think the transformation is incredibly dramatic. And when you watch someone start off as A and move to this journey to become B and then C, you're watching this incredibly vulnerable you know, volatile, like growth in someone. And that forces you to look at your own life in a, in a different way. 
And so, you know, I, I guess that was a big revelation for us, too, is that part of the reason that conflict sells is because it, it plays to our primal instinct of fear for our survival. And a lot of forces are at play that have tapped into that, whether it's, you know, the media, like technically is selling advertising. And so whatever keeps you clicking or keeps you watching is usually what they'll show, even if it's overemphasizing a smaller portion of reality it'll do that if it's if it's incentivized you know for advertising and same with political parties they'll play to the most extreme parts of the base because that's what gets people riled up and their goal is not necessarily to help people but to win elections and same with social media it's gonna you know it's gonna give the algorithms to the most inflammatory content because that's what uh, continues to grow and so if you think about it those three sources are where we're getting all of our information, but none of them are aligned with what's good for us. They're aligned with what's good for them. And so I think part, a big other revelation that we had in making this is if you start to feel yourself getting outraged or angered or agitated by something you're reading or experiencing or feeling, try and stop for a second and say, who's benefiting from this? Who's profiting from this? This isn't something I have to play into blindly. I actually have some agency over this. And again, that takes critical thinking, and it's it's, it's hard to do when your your blood starts pumping and and your heart races. But part of the reason I'm so excited to be talking to you and your listeners in in, in St. Louis and to bring the film to Missouri is that you know I think that people there understand what it's like to be in a divided community. Like I'm in Los Angeles, where most of the people are kind of on board one side of an agenda, or you know, and uh, you know, a different part of the country people would be all on board on the other side. But St. Louis is a community where you understand what it's like to have family members and friends and coworkers that you disagree with on a daily basis. And so how you carry yourself in those situations is much more of a daily struggle. And to me, that's where I think this film, I'm the most curious how it plays in communities like that. Mm. Director Ben Recchi, um, we have one more segment. Do you mind holding on after the break? Because I'd love to get your conclusions, your thoughts, things that, uh, in retrospect, looking back at the reunited States, some of your some of your thoughts on it. Absolutely. So you can actually stream this. Anyone listening, if you wanted to do that, it's pretty easy because cinemastlouis.org, that's the website. And it's part of the St. Louis International Film Festival. So you go to the cinemastlouis.org website, and it has instructions on how to screen this in your own home. Because you can't do it in person, you know, the, the risks involved with COVID, they decided to do it virtually, which kind of benefits you. So if you are listening to this and you think, wow, this would be a this would be an awesome thing to watch. This would be a good thing to, you know, you and the husband, you and the wife, whatever, get together and do that. The Reunited States is the name of the documentary, and we'll continue our conversation with director Ben Recchi right after the break on Overnight America KM. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. So we're here for just a couple more minutes with director Ben Recchi. He is showing his documentary called The Reunited States as part of the St. Louis International Film Festival. You can watch it in your house. Uh, you find ways to get tickets for that at St. Louis, uh, or excuse me, cinemastlouis.org. And Ben, you talked to a lot of different people. I'm sure you heard a lot of different stories. And I'm curious, in retrospect, when you look back at those years you were filming this documentary, The Reunited States, what are some of your impressions now, knowing what you know about the way the country sits? And I'm curious, when you reflect on it, what are some of the takeaways that you have about your documentary? Well, I think, 
you know, a lot of them came from Mark Gerzon, the author of the book. And, and he's, you know, like I said, cultivated this wisdom over three decades. And, you know, one of his uh, insights was that historically we used to have a superpower on the outside that would be our sort of, you know, enemy or our, our, our big rival. And for the longest time, that was the Soviet Union and the Cold War. And when the Cold War ended, that enmity had to go somewhere and it turned inside. So instead of having enemies outside the country, we turned our enemies inside the country. And that's just gotten worse since then. There's been no unifying force that could bring us together um, to face an outside enemy. So we've turned on each other. And one of the other things that he says that really struck with me is, you know, we like to say that we have rights as citizens. Like, that's my right. I have a right to do this. But the flip side of that is that we have responsibilities. And part of those responsibilities means working through our differences when our rights clash. And I think it's really easy for us to to kind of fight for our own rights without thinking about, you know, how that infringes on the rights of others. And so I think in this moment, you know, where no matter how you voted in this past election, there are over 70 million people that voted differently than you did. And they're not going anywhere. We live in two very different Americas. And if we're going to move forward, we have to find a way to bridge these divides and understand each other and not necessarily agree with each other, but just really find uh, the humanity in each other and say, what am I doing that's part of the problem? Are there, are there things that I'm saying and doing and acting towards the other side that are putting the fuel on the fire? Even if I think I'm on the right side of history or the right side of an issue, maybe that social media post is blanketing an entire group of people as one term. Or maybe saying that, you know, if you supported this leader who I disagree with, then you're part of the problem. And that's, you know, that's also a form of prejudice. And so I think in the end, if we're going to move past this moment, it calls on each of us to rise to the occasion. And we have to decide for ourselves, are we going to be dividers or are we going to be uniters? And for me, that's a really exciting epiphany is that we all have a role to play. This isn't something our government can fix for us. We have to fix this for ourselves. And that kind of 300 million citizen approach is it's a lot of work. But what are we doing in our daily lives? Like, are we listening to both sides of the media? Are we are we reading different sides of the news or are we just in our echo chambers? Um, are we speaking to someone, you know, to change their mind or are we speaking to them to understand how they arrived at their point of view in the first place? One of the easiest things I, I try and do is go into interview mode when I talk to someone I disagree with and just keep asking them questions because it's fascinating to me. And, and usually you get to a point of pain or a, a personal story of how they arrived at something. And it, and it usually in those moments of epiphany that we find connection with each other. And so while there's maybe three to four to five third rail issues that we disagree on vehemently, there's hundreds, if not thousands, that we actually have common ground on. And we agree a lot of the times um, on what the problems are. Uh, we just disagree what the solutions are or how to get there. And so to me, it's really reframing how we're talking to each other. And that's something that we all have a role to play in. Well, if people wanted to look you up, the documentary up, The Reunited States, what's a good website or uh, social media, things like that? Sure. it's uh, The film's website is the re, uh, is reunitedstates.tv, and we're posting all of our updates there. We're actually just signed a distribution deal, so we'll be coming out uh, across the country at the end of January, on January 29th, and then shortly after in February on to Amazon and iTunes. 
And there's a couple exciting partners that have come on board that will help amplify this message. Um, and just seeing, you know, the president-elect's uh, message about unity and healing divisions, it's really exciting to see that some of these ideas uh, that have been on the fringe are becoming more mainstream, which is, you know, can we all have a role to play in bridging our divides? And and honestly, it's better for each of us. It's in our own best interest to bridge divides because it takes a lot of mental energy and anxiety to walk around with this fear and divisiveness all the time. It's taking a toll on all of us. So it's actually in our own best interest to learn how to bridge the divide. Great. You said reunitedstates.tv? That's right. Perfect. And then on uh, cinemastlouis.org, if you're interested in viewing it as part of the St. Louis International Film Festival, that's how you do it. And director Ben Recchi, I really enjoyed this past hour. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks a lot, Ryan. And I'm going to look at Homer Simpson now as a bridge builder. (laughs) He is. He joins us on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line on Overnight America KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.